Coming to you from the translucent spire of liberty, in a smoke-filled room overlooking the city of San Marcos, the capital of the Libertarian Party of Hayes County, we bring you From the Center. Now here is your hostess, your mentor in all things liberty, and LPA's Chair Chelsea Meckle, with Vice Chair Mike Henson and Director of Communications Rick Hubbard. In this roundtable episode, we discuss several issues that have come up that we think libertarians should consider for the future, including a few bills in the Texas House. Hope you enjoy the show. So last week, a Texas judge found that the Selective Service was unconstitutional because women are on the front lines. So what do you think of it? <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's, it's, it's a question I've wondered about ever since I had to sign up for it back in 89 or whatever. When I became eligible for, for Selective Services, why was it only men? Uh, I've always thought that women are, were already serving in combat roles, whether they were serving in combat roles or not. So why aren't women just as eligible for, as, for Selective Services as men? Yeah, see, I was always under the impression that it's, if you want true equality, you don't have anybody in uh, Washington sitting there and telling you to go die for their wars. So I've always been a fan of no selective service, male or female. You want to join, you want to fight that, that's up to you. I don't know, I think it's great. We make it all unfair for everybody instead of just men. <laughs> yeah, well, if the I mean, why is it a guy can go to jail for not serving his country if he doesn't sign up for selective service, but a woman doesn't? I think women should go to jail. They should have that opportunity just like men. Well, if they're going to have to strip men, yeah. Same freedom. <laughs> well, not freedom. Equality. Yeah, it's an equal. Equal yeah. rights under the law. So what's more important than equality or freedom? Uh, in this particular case, apparently they think equality is. Uh, I'm for freedom, though. Yeah, I'm too free. I'd rather everybody not have to go to war. But it's interesting, we haven't used conscription since, what, the 60s, 70s? Uh, I think the last uh, last of conscription was 73, towards yeah. the end of the Vietnam conflict. The concept that it's still, we're still lingering on to this process by which we can throw somebody in jail for not signing up for selective service that they may or may not realize they have to. I mean, today's world, everybody knows to some degree, but if they didn't, and it's not even something we're actually using now we got a court ruling that women must participate too in something that we don't use? Well, I think the, the, the ruling was more it's illegal because it's only men. It's, it's gender discrimination. So either you have to get rid of selective service or you have to require women to sign up. Does what about the direction? other 70-some genders? I was Did about to, to ask sign that. Up? <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, if you're if you're non-binary, you can't serve in oh, the military. Yeah. We don't want you, so you know, go away. If only I were younger <laughs> and could afford the surgery. Yeah, well, I don't want the surgery. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. Leave me alone. What about the marijuana stuff? Well, uh, HB sixty three got scheduled yesterday. I'm not sure when the hearing is, but it's going up there, and it's the bill that will remove arrest. And make it a, was it civil? It, it, it will reduce it to a civil yeah. charge, which is, as I understand it, the, the first three times you're caught, it, it'll be a civil charge. It'll be a, I think, $500 Yeah, it's fine, $500. And that's the end of it. You don't get a criminal record. You don't, you know, lose your ability to get a concealed weapons license. You don't run into problems with public housing. You don't run into problems with going to state schools, yada, yada, yada. It, it makes... Although I would, I would think that we would just want to make it legal across the board, it makes it less damaging to get caught with it while it's illegal. 
which I feel is a step in the right direction. So as we're making it less illegal to get stoned, we're making it more illegal for women to not be constricted. Well, it's pick and choose. We only get so many freedoms in this country, and we've hit our limit. You can get stoned and go to war at the same time now. In fact, sometimes it helps. Forced to go to war at the same time. Yeah. But okay. no, you can't get stoned then because it's still illegal on a federal level, so the people that are part of the federal military can't do it. Actually, one of my friends hmm. has a child who has uh, really bad seizures, epilepsy, I guess. And uh, he would qualify for medical marijuana, but because her husband is a soldier and an active duty... He, his it's illegal. His child can't have it. Do they live on? Do they live on the military campus? Well, yeah. That's that's what it is right there. Hmm. Amusing. Which court was that? Uh, so the, the which one? The one on the marijuana. Was it the one you looked up earlier? No, that no. was the that was the. Uh, oh, marijuana so. is just the house bill that's gone. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, they've scheduled it for a hearing at some time. I think next month. Yeah, we don't. I and, don't know if they have a date. What's the probability of that happening? I have no idea. It seems fairly high right now, but this is government. You can never tell. It was a Republican that filed it. Yeah, actually it was. So now that the Republicans and the Democrats have joined the Libertarian Party in supporting legalization (laughs) of marijuana, (laughs) maybe we can get shit done. Interesting. I wonder if it'll slow down now that it's a bipartisan effort. Well, they start fighting about it. You never know. Yeah, uh they figure out that they're getting along, yeah. They'll have to start fighting. Yeah, well, maybe AOC will figure out that people are getting along in different parties down here and put them on the list. Oh, no. I, hey, I'm willing to write my own name on our list. <laughs> I don't want to get along with her. But she'll look to replace you with something. Good luck. But, but uh, HB63, you've still got a couple of weeks before it actually goes up for a vote. So if this is something you would like to see happen... Get in touch with your representatives. Yeah, and at least it has a low number, so that's good. It'll get seen pretty soon. Yeah. And it, and it won't get left emergency. <laughs> right? It would be nice. Speaking of national emergencies, what do you think of that whole mess? <sighs> Mr. I'm going to declare an emergency, even though I didn't have to. I just want to get it done faster. Mm, all right, so say if they fixed immigration, they wouldn't need a wall. Yeah. <sighs> Legalize, that would stop a lot of that, too. Even just, me- even just medical. Here, here, here's my thought on it. Okay, as the laws exist now, people who are in this country are here illegally. They have committed a crime. I don't think it's a serious crime. I don't really think it should be a crime to go somewhere where you can make enough money so that your family can live in a house with, I don't know, a floor. But at this point, they've committed a crime. So here's my suggestion. Let's make it a simple fine. We can do it by payroll deduction, 1% or 2% at a time say $500. Now, if there are 11 million some odd illegal immigrants in here who want to be legal, all they got to do is step forward, say, okay, we'll, we'll pay the fine. That is several million dollars to add into the budget. And all these people are now legal and can continue to be an important part of our society and make things better. Yeah, I don't care who's here. So as long as you're not hurting anybody, I'm not going to be wondering about what you're doing. I think a piece of the misconception on what you're talking about, though, lends towards you can become legal in in the aspect of living here or residing here as a resident legally, but that doesn't necessarily mean you become a citizen. And I think there's a big blurred area there where you have people think that because 
you're illegal, you can never become a citizen, or if you if you do make it, give them a path like you described. It doesn't necessarily have to immediately lead to citizenship. Um, you can, I mean, I lived here for years with a green card. You know, you can be a resident here legally um, and not be a citizen, and then become a citizen at a later date. You enjoy the freedoms of everything except for some basic things like voting and, and a few other things. Um, but I think there's so much of a blurred area that people just don't understand. And until you go through the immigration process, it is confusing. And it's expensive. And that's really what they need to focus on is fixing that. Makes people that want to come here and work, they have an easy path of getting here. If they're wanting to come here to be in gangs, don't make it easy for them. You know? um, if they want to become a citizen, put a path there. It doesn't have to be real easy, but it needs to be navigable. And it doesn't have to be fast either. Yeah, it doesn't have to be fast, but it needs to be navigable, which is one of the big issues that they have. But so many people come here and they don't know what to do. And then, granted, you're correct. They did come here illegally and it wouldn't be tolerated in other countries. But that's the real crux of the problem is this whole system of being here as a naturalized citizen or being here as a, you know, the, uh, it's not called a green card anymore, but a green card holder versus building walls along the border that in areas where people don't want to travel anyways. Yeah. They wouldn't travel in those areas if it was easy to come through a port of entry. Exactly. If you if you could come into a port of entry and say, hey, I want to go stack rocks or clean motel rooms or, or do the jobs that nobody wants to do, can I go do it? And somebody actually stops and says, really? We don't want you here doing that. We don't have anybody here that wants those jobs. We don't want you to do it either. It makes no sense to me. Well, that kind of makes the government look as though there's a lot of jobs out there and the unemployment is low because there's a lot of job openings. You see how they twist that all the time. Well, that's that's something that, that always came to mind. That we got to build this wall because there's these big caravans of people coming here. And then I read these news reports where there are somewhere in the neighborhood, there's 7 million jobs going wanting, and you've got 10,000 people marching towards the border wanting a better life, wanting yeah. to work. I think, I think that's a solution in search of the problem. And we need to recon uh, radically reconsider what our view of border security is. Yeah, see, I have a feeling the wall is going to go up and we're going to see the oil spigots in it. Yeah. Just right along there. Because it's not like our government's okay. ever gone after oil. I kind of like the wall with the solar panels on it. I thought that was a nifty idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah the, the green new wall. Yeah, we could put hotels on the wall yeah. where you can stay no, no. at the border yeah. and you could the look out over Mexico and see what the rest of the world looks like because nobody shops. looks at the rest of the world anyways. Duty free, and, and, duty free and, shops. Yeah. And, and speakers playing all along the watchtower. Yeah, there see? you go. Yeah, yeah. Now, now what, well, I, what are we going to do about the Canucks, though? All these um, these illegals from Canada. Yeah, yeah but they look like us. They're fine. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, they we look like us. We need to put okay. those along right, the border. We're going to build a wall anywhere, it. put it along the border. Oh. Yeah, but Canadians are so nice. You just need, like, a low fence. It'll be fine. Hey. And they'll, we, we'll just tell them we'll build, we're building them a wall, and they'll be all, oh, thank you for this, and we'll put it on their side. Uh, and they'll pay for it. Yeah. The way it's going, I'm wondering if Canada won't build a wall for us. Yeah. Well, I did hear, I didn't read much about it, but I heard their prime minister's in a little bit of hot water. I don't know what it was, but I was excited he's, to see that. He, he, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's kind of a dork. Yeah. Well, is, there is that. I, I, one more thought on, on building a wall and, and immigration, and, and may or may not be related, but so many, I've heard so many people who are for the wall and for keeping people out that they're worried about them wanting to come here with a path to citizenship. How many of them actually want citizenship? I, I work, I, I work in the hotel industry. I work in an industry where I get to meet a lot of people who are in this country legally working from Mexico 
Very few of them strike me as people that want to be citizens. They just want to make a decent living, which they have a hard time finding on that side of the border than here. I think I, I, I think that we're worried way too much about them wanting to become citizens and increasing the Hispanic American population and not worried enough about this is the best way we've got to help people have better lives. Just let them come here and work. I, I agree. I, you know, I spent a large portion of my life here as a alien resident, legally, and I wasn't worried about anything. You know, it wasn't there wasn't this issue with me being some sort of I don't know transient person that was going to take over or something. Um, yeah, there are people like you and me. They want to go to work. They want to pay their bills. They want to you know buy food for their kids and sneakers and school supplies and you know, they just want a life. Uh, for the well, most that's what part, America was for. Yeah, and, and so I don't have a problem. They need to make it simpler for them to come in, and, and they won't be in this situation where we're arguing over who and who isn't here. On the flip side of that, you know we're the most expensive country to leave? By a lot. This is new information to yeah, me. No, yeah. America is, if you want to leave, it, the, I think it's like $4,000. I know it's huge, and it's ten, like way above any other countries. If you want to abdicate, your opinion. I hear you can go through the desert to Mexico pretty cheaply. <laughs> Just the other way, too, but that damn wall is going to stop you soon. That's uh, true. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing about the wall is is I, I, any wall that you can build that will actually keep people out will keep us in. Yeah, I think Ron Paul made that point a few years back. You know, If we build a fence there, it can be used to keep us in just as yeah, much as it keeps so somebody else out. Why aren't more people uncomfortable with that idea? Well, this is this is perfect. Everybody's perfect here. Nothing's going to change, right? Everybody wants to come here. Yeah. Nobody wants to leave. That, of course, is not true. Just ask our friends in New Zealand. No, okay. I was trying to find the article on it, but it's not there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was reading it because we were looking, you know, when I went to Oxford, we were looking at staying, and I looked how much it was, and it was like, oh, America's really expensive. Yeah. So when they say it happened in like between 2008 and 2012, where a lot of people were leaving because the government was, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they said there was a big influx and they wanted to stop it. That's some Forbes article. No, Interesting. Definitely something to look at, look for. Okay. So, One other thing we want to talk about today. Well, I was going to bring it back to the national emergency and Trump's declaration of a national emergency rather than just what we're doing at the border. The fact that this man took a unilateral power grab and then said he didn't have to do it. it well, I, the state of the national emergency. I think there's two pieces there. There's the issue of him making something a national emergency that he himself has said isn't a national emergency. Then there's the fact that the executive branch has this level of power. To begin with, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, I, it's an abdication of power by Congress some years back to the executive branch because they found themselves incapable, impotent, incompetent, whatever, to do their own job. And they granted the executive branch a level of authority. And it's been used, it's, you know, he's not the first to use it. Every president for yeah. many cycles now has used this in, in some cases for what would be perceived as reasonable and legitimate reasons. But in many, they're, they're not. This, you know, building this wall on the border, I don't know that that is a truly national emergency. If there was a fear of Mexico invading with a military force, I'd say, okay, maybe. 
you know, but we're talking about people trying to immigrate here to do work and live here. Um, to get a better life. To yeah. Get, to send a better life back home. Yeah, yes. the biggest thing most people bring up is the gang members coming over and all of that. But it, as like that's, I don't even think that's a big percentage, is well, it? Well, no. Well, they have found that a vast majority of them are just overstays. Yeah, they're, no, those visas. They're, they're not, and that's another issue. They're not hiking through the desert to get here and then become gang members. They're gang members. They come, yeah. they, they come through a legal channel with a, a temporary visa and then just don't leave. That yeah. goes back to fixing the immigration process yeah. itself. That's, that's, so that's, that's the most important thing right there. If we can fix that process, we will solve this problem and we don't have to have the wall. So what gets me is the fact that all of this has started because of a government failure. And we're sitting here asking that same entity that continues to fail to protect us. Systemic failures. Huge. Giants. Yeah. yeah systemic but, failures. But we're just supposed to failures. ignore that and go, help me. I'm like, but yeah. fail at this. At what point are, you know... At some point, when you have an employee that works for you that continues to fail, you fire them. Yes. Vote at bold, what everyone. point do we fire those that are running our government? Yeah, I've been wondering at what point people are going to be sick of it. Well, we do have an opportunity to do that every two years. We just don't seem to be capable of doing it. Well, we try, but, well, yeah. you know, we need to. We need more people put in place and, and to displace these that are ineffective and don't understand what the government's real role is. I agree wholeheartedly with that. So. But, all right, well, I guess on another topic, I've been uh, chasing Tom Glass around the Capitol. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, he's been doing most of the, yeah, all get, the work you, on you it. You kind of got to be in good shape to work with Tom Glass. Yeah, well, I've been following him all over the Capitol, and he's been pushing a few bills, and one of them also got scheduled, and it's House Bill 1347, which is the Texas Sovereignty Act. So basically what this bill does is it says that the state of Texas can go through, there's two processes to go through, I think it's two, I don't have it on me, saying that an act of the United States government is deemed unconstitutional and Texas can enforce its Tenth Amendment rights. So I figured I'd bring this up since we're libertarians and this is things we like, so what do y'all think? <laughs> and I also think that this goes right back to the national emergency BS mm -hmm. that, that just happened. If we had a law like this in place, we could look at them at a, a, as a state and say, no, that's not going to work. We're not going to allow you to do that. We're not going to allow you to eminent domain a bunch of land that's being used by other people that's privately held, which the vast majority of the land is. And, you know, there are any number of other issues where a strong Tenth Amendment belief within a state can solve a lot of problems that government causes. Yeah, well, I find it funny because this is just mainly the Republicans are picking it up. We're not getting a lot of love from the Democrats, but you would think the Democrats would be interested with these unilateral pulls of power with Trump to find a way to say, whoa, wait a minute, even we want this. Yeah. Let Texans run Texas. Yeah, the, the closer you can bring the power to the voter, the stronger the voter will be. Yes. And this is, this is a great example. I mean... It, it, I applaud Tom for doing this. This is really one of those things that needs to be championed by the LP overall. Yeah, I believe um, last time it went through, it wasn't even uh, questioned. I just don't. I think it time ran out. I no. don't remember what happened last time he tried it, but it wasn't. A, nobody hated it. So. But any of these cases where we where, where we and I'm going to use the term we. It's really the government, but they represent us. Grants authority in some case to an executive branch or some government entity agency. 
those that are in charge at that point in time don't mind it. It's not the people in charge at that moment. It's the people that come later that find other ways of using that authority. The the National Emergency um, Act or whatever it was called originally is a, is a great example. I'm sure there was a really good reason for putting in. I think it was wartime related, but I don't remember specifically. Um, but any of these things, the, the Patriot Act was put in place because we were attacked. Didn't care for it. But my main concern was less about the immediate abuses. It was the long-term abuses like where people Pelosi. got used to it and they started realizing they could use it for other things. And started relying on it to, yes. for, for the power they needed. Or using to do it things they wanted and couldn't accomplish through legislative means. And exactly. like Pelosi now using the national emergency as a threat on the citizens, we're going to push that it's unconstitutional. But we can do this for gun control now. We can do this yeah. for universal health care. It's the long-term so, yeah. abuse. And, you know... I, whether you like the wall or don't like the wall, which obviously there's two groups out there that argue a lot about it, <laughs> um, it's it doesn't seem appropriate to call it a national emergency. So the state stepping up and saying we have a Tenth Amendment and we're going to adhere to it and we're going to overrule the federal and these fed yeah, government and at these cases. More importantly than just adhering to it, we're going to enforce it. Ex- exercise we're going to it. insist yes. that it. Yep. That it be, be brought back to, to relevance and importance, I think speaks volumes to the idea of personal freedom being more important than well, especially government yes. control, than, than government solving problems for us, which they never seem to be able to do successfully anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially when we're seeing things that the federal government's doing and everybody's calling everybody a Nazi up there and the fact that the Japanese internment camps are still constitutional. Yeah. Sorry, that's my pick for the week. <laughs> Yeah, I I gotta read up on that one. Yeah, (laughs) Texas needs to be able to stand up and go, no, y'all are out of control. Well, as was brought up earlier, if if that's still constitutional, then what's to stop government from interning people during national emergencies? During, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, gang gang violence is is so bad in L.A. Let's grab all the El Salvadorans and put them in a cage. Well, what we saw in Katrina, I mean, we saw the National Guard going house to house and and uh, appropriating weapons and other materials as they, they were ordered to do. They were following orders. You know, I don't blame the individual yeah, as, as much as I blame the, anybody in trouble. Yeah, it's, we, we, there needs to be a level of authority that is exerted by the state. And again, the closer you bring that authority to the individual as voters, the more powerful we will be as individuals and voters. And with other states getting things like constitutional carry and not Texas, Texas needs to stand up in Texas a little. Yeah. Texas does not have a history of trust in that federal government. Come on, Abbott. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, again, that's HB 1347. It's going up in front of the Texas House at some point, hopefully this term. Some Wednesday. All we know is it's going to be a Wednesday. Well, it usually is, isn't it? Well, it's for the house it got a, or the committee it got assigned to, which it's always state Wednesday. affairs, I think it was. Yeah. So again, if this is something that you want to support, that you want to get behind, contact your representatives. So that's HB thirteen forty seven, and don't forget HB sixty three as well. Absolutely. So. <clears throat> that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us. We will see you again next time. And next time, Mike will have. The-